Hi, this is Bailey. And I'm Heather. And I'm Mason. And this is Spookish. Well, hello, guys. We have a special guest today, as you could tell by the intro. Yes, hello. How are you doing? <laughs> research, Our research, research assistant. assistant. What's up? Unpaid, but deeply appreciated research assistant. Bailey's little brother, Mason. Yeah, yeah. Mason listens to our podcast. Religiously, of and course. And he makes other people listen to our podcast. <laughs> so he's a big creep. Probably the biggest creep you'll know. Yeah. I, I've I've known that for years, but I'm glad that the internet will know it now. <laughs> <laughs> JK, out of all my siblings, you're probably the least creepy. Thank you. I, I think <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. I can say that because, like I said, I don't I don't think anyone else anyone else listens. You gotta have my own kids just so they can listen to it. Dude, honestly, if you have like about thirteen of them, then you make them post about it on their socials that's free publicity right there you're just talking about heather's family (laughs) (laughs) yeah are they campaigning for you my nephew rigdon he told all of his friends at school and his teachers to listen to it oh which i think is so cute that is adorable isn't that cute oh he's the best (laughs) kid hi rigdon shout Shout out out to rigdon yes what a homie oh um hunter's not here yes (laughs) <laughs> but like <laughs> there's just just typical things like he'll be back later the only thing this week that really happened to me was attack on titan ending and it's like my favorite show of all time so i'm really sad about it i don't That's really sad. like you bailey because you <laughs> about two years ago you're like oh like, like you should start watching this show it's like pretty good i was like okay i guess i'll start it and then like i started watching it now at this point i like i watched it as well <laughs> yesterday it wasn't until, like, maybe three hours ago that I felt like I could even talk to people. Like, I, I know. was so upset. Oh, my gosh. And I, I'm still, like, trying to process it before I can even call you and have, like, a conversation about it. Because, like, there's so much I want to talk about. I but know. I don't think I'm an emotional place right now where I can talk <laughs> about that. I know last night I watched the episode alone because I knew I was like, this is going to put me <laughs> in a funk for a while. Because I, I read the manga that goes with the anime. And when I read it, I've never sweat and cried so much reading something. <laughs> it made me really nervous knowing what was going to happen. I was like, I cannot watch this with another human being because I'm going to make sounds a human shouldn't make. And I was like, <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was bad. It's it the best story ever, but I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm sorry. It was so earth shattering. Oh, it's so good, though. But anyway, I'm making a PowerPoint to go along with it. And it's going to be my magnum opus. <laughs> I'm really ex- I'm really hoping to watch this PowerPoint presentation. I'll have to record it. Yeah. I nice. Know, I, after listening back to the La Llorona episode, I, I told Heather this, but I, my episodes are always really depressing and dark, and hers, hers are always so much fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that theme's going to continue on today. <laughs> well, what what's impressive about that is, like, La Llorona isn't, like, a happy Super, topic. yeah, it's not a happy topic, <laughs> but like somehow the way she does it, it doesn't feel like the end of the world. Whenever you do yours, <laughs> I feel like feel like I gotta look behind my shoulder. Can't walk to my car alone. <laughs> Skinwalkers, yeah. 
Heather's just I, a brighter storyteller. I'm doom and gloom. <laughs> I just I just find one with the ones with theories, and that's as long as you could throw in like maybe it was aliens. Be like, lol, but guess what? Guess yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Sorry in advance. Again, we're going to be sad today. What's but... your topic today? Okay, well, let me set the scene to show you okay. what kind of haunted house we're going to be dealing with today. So okay. let's let's go back a few years to November 7th, 2014, <laughs> when a visitor named Robert Stephen Larson Jr. visited a world-renowned haunted house, whose name I'm saving for dramatic effect later. Okay. He arrived with a group of friends for a recreational paranormal investigation, according to Montgomery County Sheriff Joe Sampson. Police and paramedics were called around 1 a.m. when something went awry. So the police officer on the scene said, From my understanding, he was alone in the northwest bedroom, and the rest of the party was outside, and he called for help Uh. on their mobile two-way radios. His companions found him stabbed in the chest, an apparently self-inflicted wound. They called 911, and Larson was brought to a nearby hospital. Robert recovered later on, and he made a trip back to the house where, interestingly enough, the first thing he did was apologize to the house for his behavior. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, what place so is this? he stabbed himself. He did. Uh-huh. Okay. He was alone in a bedroom where stuff happened. Stuff I will share soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he stabbed himself. He was laying in a pool of his own blood until his friends found him and called the cops. Oh, my gosh. Yep. So, yeah. What, what place is this? You ask. I'm sure you're asking. <laughs> what what kind of place can instill such fear, dread, these evil feelings enough to cause someone to stab themselves? Well, all the listeners out there, you can read the episode title so you can say the name with me. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> the Velisca Axe Murder House. First mistake. If you go into a place and its name is literally the Axe Murder House, <laughs> get out of Maybe. there. Maybe leave your knives at home. Yeah, don't your go. knives. And that's the most interesting thing is that this guy, one of the caretakers there said that this man, he brought the hunting knife with him. So it literally, he mm. brought the knife in to a haunted house, which that's just asking <laughs> for trouble. Yeah, and then he stayed in there alone while everyone else was outside. Yep. <sighs> Sir. <laughs> anyway. Genius move. I know. Yeah. Mason knows a little bit because he helped research it, but. Heather, you said you don't know too much about the Vel- the Velisca house. Literally, don't remember. Something might like ring a bell. I know yeah. I've heard the story before, but I forget stuff real quick. I learn incredibly fast. Uh huh. But I forget faster than I learn. So. <laughs> it's, it's more exciting. You can learn more things. Yeah, over and over again, very quickly, but they're gone so fast. Perfect. Well, I that's good because there's going to be a lot of stuff you can pick up on this then. Yay. So. The house is located in Villisca, Iowa, and it's a familiar site to paranormal investigators who have proclaimed it to be one of the most haunted places in America, following the 1912 incident that leaves it so haunted and cursed. Um, Victims of an unsolved crime are believed to haunt the grounds, and visitors to the house regularly report emotional, physical, and supernatural disturbances during their overnight visits. There are also rumors that the killer himself haunts the home. So not great. (laughs) Nineteen twelve, you said. Yep. Okay. So it's been it's been a hot minute. So it's like those spooky looking ghosts, like they wear like <laughs> clothes and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's a good point. How come 
and I know this has been mentioned in something before, but how come ghosts are always in like old clothing? Like why why don't we ever see ghosts Dude, in like a crop? Like top? a Gen Z. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? Like ghost with a vape or something. <laughs> ghost with a vape. <laughs> that... no, it's always always a pipe. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> a top hat or like a, a gown. The gowns I are guess, the spookies. I would guess that you get to choose your eternal outfit and i would choose like a scary gown personally. you're like oh that's a good point i'd probably I'm really wear, feeling like i'd probably die in t-shirt and sweats but i'd be like please <laughs> let me let me gown. wear let me wear a ball gown yeah. let me wear a ball gown with a nice corset yeah yeah dude you guys are too unimaginative if i died and became a ghost i gotta choose what i wore i'd wear like clown costume i was gonna say like a winnie the pooh costume but a clown oh. costume also fits <laughs> just like just something like outrageous, like Winnie the Pooh's scary. That'd be really scary. No, exactly. Can you imagine, but you it's would like traumatized children even more so. <laughs> it's a ghost, of course. That's like your whole goal, right? <laughs> it's like that's the point. I guess that's fair. <laughs> you're you're choosing to dress like a creepy old, like hundred year old woman. Nah, What's probably, the point of that? I'd probably want to wear like a nightgown Those or like are the a scariest moo-moo. people. I'd want to be comfy. I'd want to be comfy. <laughs> Not me. I want to be fab. Not me. <laughs> I want to slay in the afterlife. I do. That's like my one goal. Hey, I would you know love what? to be a ghost. I think that'd be really fun. It would be interesting. As long as I get like Tyson to do it with me. I'm <laughs> in. Whole family like haunts together. Families that yeah. haunt together stay together. Stay de- oh no. Yeah, it's cute. So let me tell you about how such a haunted, dark, and gruesome place was created. And okay. I know this isn't a true crime podcast, so apologies in advance, but it's really important to know the details to know why this place is so, like, why it has such a strong paranormal prowess. Yes. So, we already traveled back to 2014. Let's go back even further to 1912, Mm -hmm. the year that Arizona became a state, by the way. Valentine's Day. Shout out, Arizona. Yeah. So, in 1912, the Moore family lived in Villisca, a Montgomery County town located about 100 miles southwest of Des Moines. Josiah Mm -hmm. Moore, the father, was a prominent businessman and a well-known church worker in town. On June 9th, 1912, the Moore family, which consisted of the father, Josiah, the mother, Sarah, and their four kids, Herman, Catherine, Boyd, and Paul. Their ages were 11, 10, 7, and 5, respectively. They spent an evening at a program at the local Presbyterian church, and they returned home around 10 p.m. Uh, that evening, they had some friends staying with them, two little girls named Lena and Ina Stillinger, whose ages were 12 and 8. They mm-hmm. were daughters of a wealthy farmer nearby, and they were friends of the eldest daughter. So after Ugh. the family and the girls, they enjoyed their evening, they unknowingly went to bed in the house for the last time. Um, around 7 a.m. the next day, on June 10th, Mary Peckham, the Moore's neighbor, she became concerned after she noticed that the family had not come out to do their normal morning chores, which she usually saw them doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because of this, Peckham knocked on the Moore's door to make sure everything was okay, and nobody answered, so she tried to open the door and discovered that it was locked. Mary became more concerned, and she called Ross Moore, who was Josiah's brother. Like Mary, Ross received no response when he knocked on the door and shouted. Ross unlocked the front door with his copy of the house key. While Mary stood on the porch, Ross went into the parlor and opened the guest bedroom door, where he found Ina and Lena Stillinger's bloodied bodies on the bed. So those Moore, are the girls that were visiting. Yes, yes. So, so they're not family members. They're, they're like 11. 
yeah, 10 and, or 12 and 8. Ugh. Yes, yeah, so just children who just happened to stay that one night. Mm-hmm. The search of the house revealed the entire Moore family, and the two Stillinger girls had been bludgeoned to death. So the entire family is dead. Ugh. I'm starting to remember parts of this case now. Yeah, it's <laughs> awful. The two it's little awful. neighbor girls, like, I know. so unnecessary. I know, oh, like, if you're targeting the family, like, it sucks. Yeah. Obviously, murder is not good, obviously. <laughs> but it sucks so much more when kids are involved. Yeah. Glad you got that out there. Glad you yeah, did. I don't support murder. I <laughs> we, hope you all know we that. We don't like when kids get murdered. It's a bad, bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Or anyone, uh, I guess. Or anyone, But especially kids. (laughs) The slain family members were found in different bedrooms throughout the house. The marshal that Ross called, his name was Henry Horton, when he walked out of the house, Horton, yeah, like Horton hears a who? Yeah, okay. (laughs) We all thought of the same thing. I'm glad. I'm glad. (laughs) Everyone collectively had the same thought. Everyone thought Horton hears a who? (laughs) Horton heard nothing because the family was dead, unfortunately. Ah. So... (laughs) Yeah, that was a bad joke. Rest that in was peace. good. I liked it. <laughs> Rest in peace. So as he walked out of the house, he said that somebody was murdered in every bed. Yeah, the murder weapon was an axe that belonged to Josiah. So the murderer didn't bring a weapon with him. He just found one there. Josiah's the dad. Yes, Josiah's the okay. father. And it was found in the guest room where the Stillinger sisters' bodies were. Oh. So he left the murder weapon there too. So they would have been the last ones. Yes. The little girls. Yep. After some investigating, neighbors reported they didn't hear anything coming from the house that night. There were no cries, nothing, which... Unbelievable. Yeah, which is very surprising. But that also makes sense when you realize... A few more details later on I'll get into. So doctors concluded the murders had taken place between midnight and 5 a.m. And a super creepy detail is that they found two spent cigarettes. Found They were found them in the attic, suggesting that the killer or killers... <gasps> They waited in the attic until the Moore family and the girls were asleep. Oh my gosh. That is spooky. That is they terrifying. were just sitting in there. Oh. I've never even been in our attic. Oh. Sp- <sighs> That's scary. Definitely with that Mm-mm. house too, sorry. But that house, like, you should definitely look at pictures of it because the way it like was built, it's a, it's an old home. Uh-huh. But like the bedroom, the upstairs bedroom, like directly connects to that attic. Yeah, it's just like a, just a little door. Ooh, and it's I hate that's what, like doors. that's what like scares me the most is like how how close he would have been the whole entire yeah. time. Oh my god. And it gosh. is a pretty small house, so he for sure would have heard like everything. That I don't yeah. think I've ever heard that detail before. That's yeah. scary. It's so freaky. Like that's, that's one so of my biggest worse. fears, like a, a home invasion or just someone being in your home, the place you should be safe. Just, like live in your house. Yes. The oh. horror stories, like people finding out the someone's videos. been staying in their attic. Oh, Ooh. that's the scariest thing. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, hate, I hate that stuff. Ugh. I hate it. So that's terrifying. <laughs> and, okay, I'm going to put a trigger warning here because there's some really gross details about these deaths. So if you don't like that, you have a weak stomach, skip ahead a minute or two. And I, I guess you two, you two, you can just plug your ears. <laughs> I have no choice. <laughs> yeah, these are it's bad. <laughs> it's not good. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so the newspaper reported the crime and said, quote, their heads were chopped open with an axe, a spectacle so repulsive that it was almost beyond comprehension that six more victims, murdered in identically the same fashion, lay in the two bedroom upstairs. Bedrooms upstairs. Um, the killer, so end of quote, I should say, 
The killer, or killers, because I don't know who did it, began in the mm-hmm. master bedroom where Josiah and Sarah Moore were sleeping. Josiah received more blows from the axe than any other victim. He was also the only victim oh. to have the sharp end of the axe used on him as well as the blunt edge. So everyone else in the family was just bludgeoned with the blunt end of the axe. He had both. Hmm. Jo- Josiah's so, face... Wait, what? Was, was he the first victim? Yes, he was the first one. So maybe they just found out, like, maybe they tried the sharp edge and then they're like, actually, this Too much work. just works better. Too much work. Well, that's yeah. what you think. And this is such a disgusting visual, and I'm sorry. But okay. like, when, you, when you hit the axe into wood and you don't get stuck, Mm, I'd yeah. imagine something similar happens when you're hitting someone's head. Oh, wow. Like, it's probably a lot more effort to try to pull it out rather than just bash, you know? Yeah. See, that's, here, I know I that's was awful, but... Not timely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking it was like a, a hate thing, you know? Like, targeting him specifically. Yeah. And you wanted to deal more damage. Like, in my mind, that's... I was like, oh. Like, it could be. It was probably but, practicality. Maybe a little bit of both, but it, it is interesting. Yeah, maybe he did the sharp edge first and was like, this is too much. Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, awful. Uh, it's awful and it gets worse. So, okay. Josiah's face. That's my, my podcast always get worse. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Josiah's face had been cut to such an extent that his eyes were missing. From right up by the ceiling, you can actually see a picture of it. Above the mirror, oh, close my. to the ceiling, there's a gouge mark from the murderer when he lifted the axe back so far he hit the wall and it left a gouge so that's how hard he was swinging jeez mm-hmm. and then out. yeah and so after he was killed sarah moore was bludgeoned next after he killed the, the parents yes the mom after he killed the parents he went into the kids bedroom so herman Catherine, arthur and paul they shared a bedroom they were bludgeoned in the head in the same manner as their parents um, afterward, the murderer returned to the master bedroom to inflict more blows to the parents. And here he knocked over a shoe that had filled with their blood. So Ugh. the officers found that. And after that, he moved downstairs to the guest bedroom and he killed Ina and Lena. Mm-hmm. Investigators also believed, and this is the worst part, they also believed Great. that all of the victims except for Lena Stillinger had been asleep when murdered. So they thought that she was awake and tried to fight back because she was found lying crosswise on the bed and she had a defensive wound on her arm. Aww. So she was she was probably trying to put up a fight stopping the axe from coming and she's the only one who had a mark anywhere else beside her head. Well, I'm surprised that no one else woke up. Like yeah. Everyone else had someone else in their room. Especially the four kids. Yeah. yeah. Like it makes you... It's horrible it's to so think sad that they were all... Little girl. Yes. Like to wake up and know... Yeah, to see your sister and and then be like, I'm next. It's terrifying. It's heartbreaking. Mm. And unfortunately, during the investigation, the police sucked and (laughs) they quickly lost control of the crime scene. They just let people come in and look Uh, at the house. It was estimated about 100 people arrived to just gawk at the bodies and see everything. So it totally contaminated the scene and any evidence they could have found was gone. Yeah. And I heard too, well, I mean, I wasn't, this is probably the least research I was able to do in a week, but one of the places I was reading was talking about how people, like some of the earlier people were also there, like cleaning up like the bloodstains and stuff already before the police even had arrived. Yeah. Some of the neighbors. Yeah. They're just trying to do their churchly duties. Yeah. And it's like, someone's got to clean stuff up. up. Yeah. Someone's got to clean it up. If you're not yeah. cleaning it up, I will. 
Oh, there's some weird, bizarre touches the killer left to the murder scene. Mm-hmm. According to Iowa cold cases, investigators found a four-pound piece of like a slab of bacon <laughs> that was what? next to the axe in the room where Lena and Ina were. So he, he huh. cooked himself a plate of food, and then he just didn't touch it. It was cooked bacon. Well, the, not that bacon. There was raw <laughs> bacon. It, then oh, he had man. a plate of food <laughs> as well. Like, yeah, it's weird. And then he also okay. had searched the dresser drawers for pieces of clothing, and he covered the mirrors and the glass with that clothes. Oh. And the Ooh. officials also found a bowl of bloody water in the kitchen, kind of indicating he probably tried to clean up something. Wash his hands. Yeah. Or... So weird. Like, he... the To me, like, hiding... You know when serial killers will cover faces because they don't want to see what they did? I imagine yeah. something similar with the, with the mirrors and stuff. Himself. Yeah. Which I'm like, Ooh. I don't know. It just kind of seems like... Especially with the anger against Josiah. Like, I feel like... You wouldn't kill a whole family like this if you didn't know something about them, and especially in that manner that's so personal. Yeah. And then yeah. hiding the the mirrors. I don't know. It's just interesting. Um, and But other than that, nothing else was disturbed in the residence, so nothing was taken. So it was just, they just killed the family. Just an evil, awful act. There wasn't a robbery or anything. He left everything was... behind. Yep. Yeah, Yeah. He, yeah literally. Didn't even Except take a maybe weapon some bacon. Him. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe it was a five pound slab and took a pound with him <laughs> yeah um, oh that's so awful it is it makes me feel nauseous it's horrifying like the whole family i'm gonna have trouble sleeping tonight huh? six kids that's mason that's our whole family i know <laughs> that's, that's half my family that's half your family <laughs> <laughs> sheesh i hope for the kids sakes they didn't like feel anything I know. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. I'm like, I almost rather them stay asleep though, because I know it's so sad. Like, then at least she's just dead. Lena noticing and waking up. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So this case is unsolved, but there are a few suspects I want to share some details on because when people have investigated the house, they pick up a few of these names, which is interesting. As in from ghosts. Yes. Okay. So the first suspect is Reverend George Kelly. Um, authorities chased multiple leads over the years and he was the only one they ever actually arrested and took to trial. Like I said, he was a reverend. He left Villisca on a train the morning after the murders and he allegedly told passengers about eight dead souls in Villisca who were butchered in their beds. But the bodies hadn't been discovered at that point. So the police, after a while, they apprehended him and he signed a confession later saying that God had whispered to him to suffer the children to come unto me. And oh so gosh. he killed him. He said he, he admitted at one point that he did it. But then later he recanted his confession when he went to trial. And there wasn't quite enough evidence besides that one confession that he'd taken back. And so the jury deadlocked 11 to 1. One person wasn't oh, sure. Man. So he was acquitted yeah. and he was set free. And no one else has ever been tried for the murders besides him. Well, that sounds like a... Very guilty to me. <laughs> I know. And there's <laughs> Lee Town and be like eight people died, but like no one knew yet. It's so I know. Mm-hmm. And especially the whole like God told, God told me, me to. to do it. I'm like, no, he freaking Classic. didn't. You're a freak. <laughs> Next suspect is Henry Moore. He was a serial killer at the time who also killed with an axe in a very similar manner. He wasn't ever arrested for this crime, but later on he was arrested for killing uh, his own grandmother. And another family member oh. with an axe. So oh, just very wait. similar mm-hmm. MOs. Is he related? No, actually, oh, yeah. No relation. Which is <laughs> Unrelated. 
Yeah. Yeah, Henry Moore, <laughs> but yeah, not related to these Moors, which is interesting. Okay. But, yeah. I got confused for a sec. But yeah, so the name Henry Moore is actually interesting because you hear his name come up on EVPs sometimes. And I'll share a story hmm. about that later, but curious. You're curious. Curious, curious. Um, the next one is Frank F. Jones. Frank was a Villisca resident and an Iowa state senator. So it's interesting oh. to me because, you know, if there's one thing I don't trust, it's the government. So <laughs> I don't trust this guy already. Don't trust the politicians. Yeah. Uh, Josiah Moore had actually worked for Frank Jones at his implement store for many years. But then Josiah left and made his own store and it was really successful. So he reportedly took business away from Jones. And mm. he also was rumored to have an affair with Jones's daughter-in-law. But yes. there was no evidence to support. That was just a rumor. <laughs> so people thought maybe just he was gossip. mad enough to do it. Yeah. And then okay. tied to Frank Jones, there was the last sus- suspect I'm going to talk about is William Mansfield. It was suspected that our dear, dear friend, Senator Jones, hired William Mansfield to murder the Moore family. Hmm. So nine months before the murders at Villisca, a similar case of an axe murder occurred in Colorado Springs. where And then two axe murder cases followed in Kansas. And then the cases were similar enough to raise the possibility that they could have been committed by the same person. Wow. So, for example, I, sorry, what? Oh, I was just going to say, I have a sister that lives in Colorado Springs, and I live in Kansas. Oh. Whoa, that is it's not you guys. normal. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Connections, wow. connections. So you... No ties to Iowa, though. So Not, not yet. yet. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Don't go to Iowa. It's a bad luck charm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, in Colorado, the family that was murdered, uh, they found bed sheets on the windows, just like in the Moore's house, and mm-hmm. at the also at the Moore house, the murderers they hung aprons and skirts over the windows, so that was similar. And then also, like at the Valeska house, the murderer in Colorado Springs wiped the blood off his axe and that whole bowl of blood that was there, so that was similar. Did he leave the axe as well? Uh, not that I could, I don't know. There wasn't information okay. on that. I wonder. I'd imagine. I, I also don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, it doesn't say. Yeah. But I if it says, wipe the they... blood off his axe, I'd assume he left it there. If it was a clean, like, if he cleaned the axe and left it there, they'd know that. Otherwise, I don't know where they would know the, where the blood came from. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so because of these simul- similarities, a detective... Uh, Wilkerson, he strongly believed it was Mansfield and he investigated this for years and according to his investigation, all of the murders were committed precisely the same manner so he's like it has to be this guy he eventually managed to convince a grand jury to open an investigation in 1916 and Mansfield was arrested but he had an alibi that proved he was in Illinois at the time so he was released for lack of evidence but it's interesting because a man named R.H. Thorpe, was a, who was a restaurant or, owner in Shenandoah, yep. Iowa, yeah, he actually identified Mansfield as the man he saw the morning after the Velisca murders going onto a train. Oh. So he said the man had walked from Velisca. So if that alibi proved to be true, then it would disprove Mansfield's alibi that he already said he had. But that didn't yeah. happen, and he was never brought to trial again. Hmm. So yeah, just a whole lot of police being like, I don't know. See, that's too, because I do believe a politician to 
would go to those lengths. Yes, exactly. And it makes sense if he's like a hitman that has done the done same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's good enough but to get away with it. Also, the reverend is sketchy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I know, it's interesting. So yeah, those are a few, but probably the most notable. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to look into any more of those, there will be links in the description, but there's a lot of theories yeah. about who it could have been. Mm-hmm. Even the dude who wrote um, Moneyball, like big famous sports book, right? Oh, yeah. He, apparently, this dude also does true crime. So oh. he has a theory as well um, that ties a specific person. I forgot his first name, Muller, to the murders because it, they're all very similar in MO, Axe, family murder, and it's like along a train system. But there, Oh, is he the transient guy? Yeah. Yeah. There, so yeah. maybe he just chose a family and yeah that's that's what um that's what he does james and his daughter who wrote the book that's what they believe interesting um they link him to like i think it was 60 59 confirmed kills and then i think they're like oh he could have been involved in like i don't remember how many like 60 other ones i'd have to look at the notes but it was do they ever link him to do they ever suspect him to be the new orleans axe man Yes, they okay. there's because there's a similar murder or like style of murder in New Orleans. Um, he was never caught as well. Yeah, and they they believe he committed that. And the one you're talking about in Colorado Springs, just like pretty much oh, everywhere you said, mm. every yeah, every single one you said were very similar. They believe it was him. It's crazy that, that so murders. so many acts murder were happening at the time. I mean, it could it <laughs> yeah. could have been the same say. person. Very but... close in time. Interesting. That's yeah. How many axe murders were there? Jeez, too many, unfortunately. Very much. Yeah, I feel like you don't really hear about axe murders anymore. No, because it's all school <laughs> shootings now. It's been a, a thing of the time. Everyone's yeah. really into axes. It's yeah. like an axe mania. Yeah, especially with the axe man thing. That was huge. Mm-hmm. Which we won't get into detail about that, but I recommend researching it because it's pretty wild. Yeah. So yeah. So naturally, a horrible 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 things happen in that house so it makes sense that it would attract rumors of a haunting mm-hmm. yep i get it i just I that's it. all you need Already. to know literally just I be like it. yeah as you hear about there's the past no. and there's no way you could say yeah that house is normal it's fine it's already a spooky looking building dude old buildings that's probably <laughs> why all the ghosts are like dressed in their spooky little nightwear it's because yeah, every match the vibe yeah all yeah. the old buildings <laughs> are the most spooky just like in nature in nature in nature yeah ghosts are nothing if not thematic <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh that, okay slightly off topic for a second but that reminded me kind of of someone tweeted about how they're like i refuse to get scared at scare houses because i won't have i won't have i don't know what to say i won't let former drama kids <laughs> get the best of me <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. don't know why that made me laugh. That's kind of how ghosts are. They're just drama kids deep down. Theater deep kids. Deep down. They just wanted to be part of the theater. Ghosts are all theater kids. Well, dressing like that, of course they are. Exactly. The makeup, the theatrics. The makeup. The being like, ooh, <laughs> theater kids. Yeah, so anyway, back to my story. The house was lived in for years after the murder, although families never stayed for long. And there's literally not a ghostly phenomenon that hasn't been reported at this house. Things like disembodied footsteps, things moving, voices, apparitions, shadows, scratches, orbs, bad vibes, 
bad vibes. Bad vibes being the most of all, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of experiences that people have where they get responses from voice recordings. When they roll a ball, the ball will roll back. Uh, doors will be knocked on and opened, and sometimes in a timely manner, so like to a response. And probably uh-huh. the most common thing reported, like I said, is just this really oppressive feeling as soon as they enter the house. Like you just, yeah, you feel. The energy. Exactly. Something awful Ooh. happened there and you know it. But yeah, you name it, the Velisca Axe Murder House has it. You said that it's still up now and they do tours and stuff. Yes. I'll actually give you some fun little information about that at the end in case you ever want to visit. <laughs> uh, <yay>. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Maybe we should. I wonder how far it is from where I'm at. Dude. If it's not super far, straight up, I'll come during spring break. Okay. Let's make, a, let's make a time of it. I'll cry, but we can go. We can go Am to I the invited? day tour. If you can Fine. get off school. <laughs> That's not, dude, it's school. I'll just not show up. It's work that's harder to get out of. Yeah, that's fair. That's true. But one, one cool thing about the house is that they have this little cork board where people yeah. take photos on it. So when people get mm. evidence there, They'll take pictures of it and post it on this corkboard. Things like scratches or a snapshot of like orbs or little encounters they have. So it's That's like such a little, good idea. Yeah, it's like this little evidence board they keep a out. A little scrapbook. Yes. <laughs> a little scrapbook. Of hauntings at this house. But this is when I got hunted here. Scratches on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And perfume. This is, yeah, <laughs> oh this my gosh, is the love too. Felt cute. Might delete later. Yeah. Might take off board later. Yeah, that'd be cool to see, like, everyone's evidences. Especially since it's just, like, normal people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it saves you the trouble of having to go online and, like, research all these stories and stuff. You just go and see it, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah that's freaky. That. Who does yeah. that for fun? Yeah. They have a book know, there, too. People. A book with, like, what, ha- like, your experience. Like, oh, someone, I heard, I heard footsteps. I heard this, the ball roll, that, like, just, like, detailed descriptions of what happened while you are there. Uh, the ball one scares me so much dude american horror story and murder Mm -hmm. house the ball they would like play with it and it's like Uh, stop it i know because it's it's something it's one of those you have that disconnect between something that should be fun and should be enjoyed by a kid yeah that's just sinister yeah now i feel bad i was like i was kind of i was like oh dang i wish i had a disembodied ball roller to play like, catch with yeah like you know it'd be kind of fun you like you have your little ghost friends and you just roll a ball between that could be uh, like a disney movie i feel like someone no it, exactly like the major leagues like how'd you do it and you're like ghost. <laughs> my ghosts <laughs> no that would no exactly that's why i was like oh they're, they're playing with the kids i, I thought it was sweet <laughs> yeah I mean, I guess I guess it's kind of creepier than that, but it is nice to it think that me. the kid, the kids do have something to do there, but it's it's just that Ugh. tragic thinking that they shouldn't be there in the be first dead. place. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. they they should be dead by this point because they'd be really old, <laughs> but <laughs> they should oh, have died naturally. Yeah, not as children. Yeah, exactly, and not in that awful, awful way. Yeah. So, let's Ooh. get into the fun part and share some spooky encounters from people who have gone to the Velisca house. Yay. Yay. Woohoo. See, now we'll end on a fun note. Yeah. yeah. Hauntings. In 2009, a visitor went to check out the house to make contact with the Stillinger girls. He called out to the girls in the room they were murdered in, asking them to respond to questions with a maglite. Do you know what a maglite is? Yeah. 
me. Is that just a big flashlight? It's no military something it is it is a flashlight but it's a magnetic light so a lot of people use it for paranormal investigating because you can set it between like on and off and then set it down so if you touch it it'll turn on and off really easy oh nice and so since it's so easy to turn off they believe ghosts can manipulate it pretty simply but in order for it to be compelling the responses have to be timely so they say like turn the light on if you're here and the light should turn on turn it off if you want Mm -hmm. us to leave you know what i mean yeah so those okay. are used a lot in ghost hunting. So he had a mag light out and he was asking them questions and he received an answer, a timely answer every single time he asked a question and he walked wow. away believing that all eight people were still trapped in that house. Another visitor. Uh, that's sad which too is sad because to think about. the little girls, it's not even their family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't even get to go and home. They're just stuck with someone else's family. Yeah, and they can't even be with their own. That's sad. That is sad. Like I said before, I wouldn't mind like being a ghost as long as like my family. You're there, with you somebody, know? yeah, yeah. So like, oh. the other families, the Moors are doing all right, but I you feel know, bad for the little girl. I kind of get my mom growing up would not let us have sleepovers with friends. I kind of get <laughs> it now. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I'm never letting my kids have sleepovers. Just in case you get axed to death. Yeah, you never know. Among uh, other things. Among other things. <laughs> Another visitor <laughs> shares this about when he went on a tour with a group of random women. So he's in the tour group and other women were there. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just some random chicks. With random women. Some random women. It was probably the best tour ever for him. He said, Heck yeah. I walked around the house while the women finished their conversation with the guide. It's not a big place <laughs> and it's hard to imagine that there were eight people sleeping here that night. Let alone that a murderer hmm. would have been able to hide out in here undetected. Particularly haunting was the attic space, where the murderer allegedly hid out while waiting for the family to fall asleep. It was oppressively hot. So freaky, I know. And the feeling I had while up there can only be be described as dark. I didn't come here looking for proof of the paranormal, just a good ghost story, but I was still curious. My last question to the guide was if she'd ever personally experienced anything weird now that she works here. Her answer was a resounding yes. Yes. From things moving to the sound of footsteps downstairs while she was on the second level, she'd had a few experiences of her own. As proof, she pointed to a toy car sitting on the old stove behind me. A bit earlier, she said it had been laying on the other side of the stove upside down. I can't be too sure if it was her mind or a ghost playing tricks on her, but either way, I definitely got what I came here for. Yay. Yeah. I said the, the hiding out in the attic thing is so terrifying. It's so freaky. Mm-hmm. I never want to have a house that is with just, an attic or basement. everyone's fear. Yes, and oh. it came to fruition that night for that family, and it's so horrifying. In the mm-hmm. worst way. Yeah. 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 Like I mentioned a bit ago, aside from the family haunting the house, some people believe the killer haunts the place. Oof. It doesn't worse. make a lot of sense to me because he didn't die there, mm-hmm. but like I said, there's evidence that gets picked up sometimes indicating it might be true. For example, mm-hmm. one investigative team asked the question, did you do something to this family? And they got an answer on the EVP, which records electronic voice phenomenon, that said, I killed them. Another medium. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no lovely, big deal. Right? No big deal. Casually. He's like, yeah, yeah. I did it. Just me. Another medium picked up the presence of the killer and described his spirit as feeling giddy about what he was going to do. Oh. And there's also been evidence. I know. I hope whoever it was died a horrible, horrible death. <laughs> yeah. F that guy. He deserves nothing. Yeah. And- we hate him. Once again, we don't support murderers. And there's also been evidence of the name Henry being recorded by a voice. As we learned, Henry is one of the potential murderers. 
Henry Moore. Henry Moore. Mm-hmm. Henry Moore. No relation. Unrelated. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, the next story comes from Allison Oborn, who is a paranormal investigator and author. So when they arrived at the house, they were hosted by Johnny Hauser, who is a local paranormal investigator and also a caretaker of the home, who has been working there for over 15 years. Allison says, He began by telling us about the main suspect, Reverend Kelly. Kelly was a self-ordained minister who had recently arrived in the town. Later on, he confessed to murdering all eight. He said it was because, as he's walking in the street that night, and as he drew closer to the Moore house, he heard the voice of God telling him to walk further and follow the shadow. The shadow he spoke of led him directly to the Moore house and to the axe in the shed. He then said he was told to slay them all. However, it was also found that Reverend Kelly was possibly schizophrenic and made it all up, so they never convicted him of this crime. Many people have mm. believed there's a darker presence in the house, something more disturbing, and maybe Reverend Kelly did experience this dark shadow entity that lured them into killing the family. So there's a I little mean, bit more background on Reverend Kelly, but... That would make sense, more sense, that, like, they sensed the dark entity there in the house. Yeah. If it didn't kill him the- itself, but... Caused someone to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, controlled him to do it. Yeah. Especially mm. if the man was mentally vulnerable... Oh, yeah. It would have been easier to manipulate. Yeah. And then just like a side note, if you think God's talking to you and he tells you to follow like <laughs> a shadow figure. That's not God. Maybe <laughs> don't follow. God, bro. Get some yeah. help. God yeah. ain't telling you to go into the shadows. Maybe get a second <laughs> opinion on that one. Get a second opinion. Call up your local uh, priest or something. Yeah. Like, um, God says, hey, follow me into this back alley. Should I? God said I should like take this axe. What? God said to kill people. Oh, okay. I kind of want to do it. I know I'm special enough that God will tell me to do this, so yeah. I should, right? <laughs> psychos. Ugh. Psychos. Ugh. Oh, psychos. Psychos. Classic. Psychos. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Johnny. Uh, Johnny went on to tell how he'd come in several times into the house only to hear footsteps on the floor above him. Mm. So he started staying the night and has now done over huh. 400 lone vigils in there. I know, he's crazy. He's like, oh, something weird's going on here. Time to investigate. Time you know, to I sleep hear, here. I hear ghost footsteps. I'm staying. I know. Moving this, one's a, this one's a keeper. Yeah. But yeah, so he started investigating and he would get names, but different ones each time in his recording. Upon mm. checking, however, he would find that the names he got most often were those listed as suspects. Hmm. So interesting. Spooky. But one one could ask, though, so was the spirit, were they messing with him? Or did they really just not know who killed them? Oh, yeah. So were they like, it could have been this person, this person, this person. They're throwing out names. Yeah. Well, they were like all asleep when they were murdered. Yeah. Except, Except for the one Lena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she probably wouldn't know. Yeah, she's not. Exactly. I mean, come on. She was a 12-year-old, I, I forget, right? Yeah. Yeah, twelve year old. I'm a twelve. I don't. I didn't even know like our uncles' names. Pretty much at that point. (laughs) So obviously there would be confusion. Yeah, for sure. And one of Johnny's personal experiences that is probably one of the spookiest he's had. He said, uh, him and his friend were they put themselves in a large closet and shut the door so they could do an EVP session. And almost straight away, they heard really loud footsteps coming from downstairs to the point they were just convinced that someone had broken in because they sounded so real and loud. Oh, my gosh. So those footsteps started to come up the stairs toward them. No. And And they're just in a closet. Yes. 
And so, but since Johnny was a caretaker at the home and he, he thought someone was breaking in, he's like, I've got to stop this person. He decided, Brave Johnny. I'm going to walk up to the door and just kick it open and yell at the person. So the heavy <laughs> footsteps entered the room. That was his plan. Yes. <laughs> the heavy footsteps him. came up to the door. Johnny kicked open the door and screamed to confront the intruder, but nobody was there. It worked. He scared them away. It worked. Yeah, they did like a Tom and Jerry down the <laughs> steps. <laughs> but it's crazy the footsteps were that loud. They heard it in yeah. the closet that clearly. Spooky. Yeah. Anyway, Johnny, our good old friend, he he doesn't investigate anymore because he said specific things started happening to his own house, which is mm, close by. He's taking stuff home. Yeah. And yeah. his wife, who is a non-believer, started experiencing stuff too. So he decided to just peace out and he promised not to investigate again he's like i don't even believe this is happening but stop yes <laughs> oh so anyway so those people they were talking Ooh. to johnny and johnny shared those stories with them but then they did their own investigation and here's what they found they said and so it was time for us to investigate the Velisca axe murder house and look for the ghosts there to be honest this was the hardest investigation we've ever done not because of ghosts but because of the sadness of the place all around the house, the faces of the children looked down on you from a multitude of photos. And as a mother, knowing what happened made it very hard emotionally. Yeah, that's so sad. We started, we started by trying for the children. Very quickly, our battery started to drain. They were fully charged when we arrived there, and it wasn't a cold night, which can cause drainage in batteries. At first, it was very quiet with very little response. We did an EVP. On listening, black, or sorry, on listening back, there did seem to be a couple of responses, but nothing major. And then they did the Estes method, which is when you have the spirit box or an EVP and someone plugs in headphones so they can't hear anything. They're only hearing the radio where the ghosts can talk into. So they're hearing the voices. Mm-hmm. So that way someone will ask a question to the spirits and the spirits, can res- the spirits can respond through the spirit box, which goes into the headphones. So it's a lot more compelling of evidence when someone's responding to these answers coherently because they're not hearing the person ask them. Oh, okay. So they that repeat makes sense. what the ghost says. Yes. Okay. So if someone asks, like, what's your name? And then the person with headphones is, says, like, Henry. Then they, yeah. it's like a timely response and it's the spirit saying it through the electronic thing. Okay. The Estes cool. method's actually really cool if you ever watch ghost hunting movie or shows or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, in my opinion, some of the most compelling evidence you can get. 10 out of 10 recommend. Yes. So when they did the Estes method, the first word to come out was leave. Huh. Eh, fun. I'd and then they, they asked for a name, and it <laughs> came out with Henry and then murder. Yeah. And then they asked if Henry is the murderer, and they were told immediately to get out and leave. Ooh. So a lot of bad things, yeah. Spooky. Then they asked if any of the children were there, and they got an immediate yes in the name Ina. Oh, sorry, Aww. Ina. Ina. Oh, and it was okay. followed by house, death, and us. Aww, and then it quickly baby. turned back to get out, leave. And again, and they got a warning in the, that just said person here. Oh. Which is terrifying. That is yeah. spooky. See, that's why I couldn't like stay overnight at those places. Because yeah, I don't want to take that home with me. <laughs> oh, wow. Exactly. And then they went back the next day and they used a spirit box again which scans through a bunch of radio frequencies, so it's easier for spirits to manipulate that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, the first word that came out that next time was Paul, and Paul was the youngest, more child. Yeah. And on asking how many children were still in the house, it said two and girls. 
And then they asked for mm-hmm. names and it came out with Ina again. And it wasn't long before the responses went back to get out and leave. Wow. So there's like multiple spirits fighting. For yeah. Us. Trying Dominance. to get the message out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I have a couple more encounters. Sorry. This is kind of long. There's just so much. There is. Uh, yeah. So another encounter. Uh, this person said, first off, I highly recommend this place. I stayed with four friends. I'm a psych major with a minor in criminal justice, so I was happy to stay in such a historic house. What a freak, first of all. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my four friends, seriously. My four friends were a lot more afraid than I was, so naturally they had more encounters. I'm not afraid at all, but that doesn't mean nothing happened. Upon walking mm-hmm. in the door, instantly all of the smiles went away. Three of us instantly started crying. <laughs> I'm not one to cry. There's I'm definitely sorry, some but... kind of energy. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? That's terrifying. <laughs> You walk in, Rachel just said, there's definitely some kind of energy, no anger or malice, but sadness. Then they said they felt his shirt being tugged on a few times. Um, While everyone was in the attic, I was focused on the kid's bedroom. In the kid's bedroom, I rolled a toy ball. The ball broke the laws of physics. They had a level and the room, it said the room was pretty even. And Mm -hmm. when they rolled the ball, the ball came to a dead stop and then it rolled back to them. Oh, wow. I said it was November. The heat was blasting, but it, he got a lot of cold spots, felt a lot of cold spots. Mm-hmm. And so the place was actually annoyingly hot most of the time. But as a realist, I'm not going to jump to the conclusion of ghosts. The house gave me just enough of an experience to question if ghosts are real, but not enough to verify it, which is why I have nothing but questions. He, w- he was 100% skeptical, but now he's 50-50. Yeah. Another person shares how they got bored while they're investigating. And when they were at the house, they were specifically told, do not take anything and don't touch anything. But he got bored and decided he was going to try to play a prank on everybody. So Ooh. he saw a pack of playing cards on one of the kids' nightstands. So he took it, put it in his shoe, and then just kind of forgot about it. Oh, my gosh. And later that night, they were doing That's solo like investigations. I know. Mm-hmm. Common sense. Common do. sense. Yeah. So he says, during my portion, I set up all of our EMF readers around eight, leading from the kid's bedroom to the parent's bed where I'm sitting, desperate for anything to happen. I have a perfect view because the house is small and doesn't have a lot of doors. I begin begrudgingly talking to the spirits, believing I was wasting my time. I start to see an EMF detector in the kid's room light up. Now, this took me by surprise because those little things have been silent all night. I ask if anyone was there and I see them slowly light up coming towards me now this really got to me it very well may have been my mind but I literally felt like all the air was sucked out of the room and i realize i'm here alone in pitch darkness and extremely vulnerable my eyes are frantically darting around the room but i see nothing out of the ordinary while the anxiety is running through my head and it's getting harder to breathe and watching them all slowly turn their lighting up that's when i realize the closet light has popped on or sorry the closest light to me has popped on as soon as I'm trying to comprehend what's happening, I feel a tug on my shoe. Almost like someone slapped their hand down on the <gasps> shoe. I've oh. never been this terrified in my life. I spring up and the next 15 seconds are a blur. So basically he screamed and ran out of the house. And then when he got outside, his father asked what was happening. And after a while, I was trying to get my thoughts together. He told them that what happened and the friend was like, your shoe's untied. So oh his God. shoe got untied. Oh. Then he came clean about trying to steal the playing cards. Yeah. And so it was, that, was the sh- that was the shoe that he had felt the tug on, was the shoe Ooh. with the playing cards in it. 
And oh. he said he was too afraid to go back in, but eventually he went in and apologized, took it back, and then they left. Yeah, <laughs> well, good thing he said sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also been someone who said that um, they were all upstairs in the attic, and downstairs they heard an audible yell, even though everyone in their crew was accounted for. And then they were all huddled together in the attic talking, and they heard a very clear and eerie shh, like oh right behind them. Spooky. So spooky. And the Ooh. last encounters I want to share come from BuzzFeed Unsolved, which is the best show ever. I highly yeah. recommend watching it. I trust them. Um, I trust them. <laughs> <laughs> they got some evidence that I want to share. So in the children's room, Ryan, one of the investigators, he sat down on the bed, and he was asking them questions. He's like, do you have anything to say? What's your name? And then after asking that, he felt something move on the bed as if someone sat down right next to him. Oh, so you know how like you're sitting on a couch mm-hmm. and someone sits by you and you can feel it move up. That's yeah. what he felt. Ooh. And then they used the spirit box and they got responses saying things like "Help me, release me, helpless, I'm miserable." Oh, that's so. Sad. Th- those are probably things from the kids in the family. That's but so then, sad. That's oh, so sad. Seeing they're trapped there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they also got more sinister responses from the recordings that could be from the killer. So, for Mm -hmm. example, they asked who was in there, who said who was in here with us in the attic where the killer was suspected to hide out. And all Mm -hmm. they got was a response saying, I'm in here. And they Mm -hmm. also picked up, stop me. I couldn't stop. And then something unintelligible is like a blur. And then it said, effing the effort, effing brain, which kind of scares me a little bit because that's how they died was getting hit in the head in their brains. Yeah. So terrifying just so many encounters like that you can just read stories and stories and stories oh i don't want to but no but we can visit it so just some general (laughs) information for anyone who wants to visit so daytime tours are held at the Velisca axe murder house tuesdays through sundays between 1 p.m and 3 30 p.m no (laughs) pre-booking is required tours are ten dollars for adults and five dollars for children and seniors let me just bring my kids yeah no problem yeah but a family event Here's the thing. You can also book an overnight stay, but it's $400. Yeah. But that's when all this stuff happens. So if you're it's a paranormal fine. investigator, there anyway. you go. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the story of the Velisca Axe Murder House. Woohoo. And visiting hours are only like two hours a two day. Two hours. Two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's during nap time, actually. So <laughs> I can't bring Oliver. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. He has to stay Ooh. in the car. You can just put him put him down on the bed. You know, he could take a nap in the children's room. I bet the kids would love to oh, see a yeah, baby. I'm sure. No, Dude, yeah. In the 1900s, in the 1900s, I bet the the girls that were murdered love that. They'd be like over the moon. They were probably so good about baby. taking care of kids. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to be the irresponsible parent who brings their child to sleep in a the haunted house. house. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. true. Where the kids got murdered. Yeah. All nah, I'm saying is free not. child care. <laughs> you're right you don't have to pay ghosts you can't yeah like what are you gonna pay them money no ghost money ghost money energy your life force you're like here take a year of my life to watch my son <laughs> yeah that's a pretty good deal <laughs> Jeez. well yeah do you guys have any questions or anything you want to add uh no i think you did you covered everything pretty well yeah that was great i just feel kind of sick I'm so sorry. <laughs> now I'm super. I want to go now. Someday- He's pumped and I'm like, I can't sleep. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it affects you more because you're a mother. So I'm sure it's harder. 
I'm a mother, but also I'm mother effing scared. <laughs> <laughs> Quote of the day. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's pretty awful. Someday I'll do an episode that doesn't make you want to throw up. Thank you. Your Halloween, Halloween episode soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. That one was lighthearted. All your other ones have been really dark. <laughs> I know. Anyway, well, I'm thanks, sorry. Bailey. That was very good. You're so welcome. I'm so sorry. Thanks for listening to Spookish today. You can further support our podcast by leaving us a review or rating. Follow us on Instagram at Spookish Podcast for pictures of today's episode. If you have any spookish experiences you'd like to share with us, please send them to spookishpodcast at gmail.com or literally just text us or send us a DM. And we might share them in a future episode. Again, all sources will be in our show notes if you're interested in researching today's topic further. Until next time, stay spookish.